Today on Maine Calling, dating later in life. About a third of American adults over the age of 50 are single. Some choose to remain so, others set out in search of romantic companionship. So what is it like for older adults to enter the dating world today? I'm Keith Shortall, and today on the program we'll talk with a panel of experts about the challenges and benefits of dating in the later phases of life, and about what makes for a successful relationship. Do we get more selective as we age, despite the shrinking dating pool? Or is the whole process more relaxed because we know what we want and don't want in a partner? We'll also explore how online dating plays into making connections between older adults. And as always, we want to hear from you in search of love in later life. Main Calling is coming right up. Main Calling on Demand is made possible in part by Maine Farmland Trust, working with farmers to grow the future of farming and food in Maine. Learn how you can get involved at mainefarmlandtrust.org learn. And by Maine Seacoast Mission, strengthening Maine's coastal and island communities through education, health, and support. Learn more at seacoastmission.org. I'm Keith Shortall, and this is Maine Calling. Dating in the later decades of life. Is it any different from dating at any other time? Is it harder? Is it easier? Today we'll learn about the ups and downs of dating for older adults and about what it takes to make a relationship succeed. Joining me are Dr. Marilyn Gallucci, Director of Geriatrics at the University of New England. She's also Director of UNE's UXL, Older Adult Fitness Wellness Program, and Noreen Rochester, founder and matchmaker with Kara Matchmaking, based in Portland. We invite you to share your comments and questions. Are you over 50 and about to enter the dating scene? Are you resistant to the idea? Or have you tried it and decided that it's better to stay single? Email talk at mainpublic.org, comment on Facebook or Instagram, or give us a call. The number, 1-800-399-3566. That's 1-800-399-3566. Marilyn, we'll start with you. Uh, for uh, I, I read that so for adults aged 65 and older, we'll just take this segment first here, a third, about a third report being single. But only about half of those singles say that they're actively looking for a relationship. And I'm just curious, it seems like a small number. Do many of us just sort of give up at a certain point on relationships? Mm -hmm. Well, Keith, I think what's important is how we frame our language. And so giving up is, uh, that's a tough word, right? There's a lot that goes into it. It's a complex issue. But I'm going to say that as we age and what we all hope will happen is that we really get to learn about ourselves and who we are and what matters to us and our integrity solidifies. And I think, um, you know, it's a broad statement, but when we're younger, we're kind of flopping around trying to figure out where we fit in the world, who we want to be with, how we want to be with that person. And as we age, we tend to settle into ourselves, into the essence of who we are. And so regardless of the physical or social changes that we go through, 
we know more about ourselves. And so we can find our happy place, possibly without relying on somebody else to make that happen. I, I do hear in part of that, um, having moved to this new place where you know more about yourself and, and what you need. Um, but I have heard some people say, uh, you know, uh, mainly women in this case, but who are in their 50s and 60s and say, I've taken care of people my whole life. I want, I just want my independence. I don't want to take care of anyone else. This is my time, uh, quote unquote. That's a, that's a powerful and common sort of place to be, isn't it? Mm, I'm not going to agree with you on that, Keith. I'm I'm going to challenge you on that. Again, This the complexity of this, right? You have to look back. I mean, maybe the woman was with somebody who abused her or somebody that, you know, they just weren't right together. Why did people get married in the first place that maybe they thought it was love and then come to find out that they really grew apart? So there's just so many issues going on here. But I will say the more we know ourselves, I think the better off we'll be in terms of connecting with someone else. Um, we certainly don't want two halves coming together to make the whole. We want two wholes coming together to share their lives. And, and if you could really be mindful about who you are and what matters to you, and you could be with somebody that's going to communicate honestly and have that same level of integrity, we should be able to move forward and have a very successful relationship that, that helps both people thrive. And in terms of, uh, I guess, what we, you know, we call the dating pool, or that is people who are available in your age group, um, it does sort of morph and diminish over time, right? There are, there are more uh, women than men for if you're seeking a, a, a heterosexual relationship. Um, does, does, that, how do, does that play into it in terms of... I don't know, ha having to be le less choosy or uh, being allowed to be more choosy. Oh, ow, ow, you're killing me, Keith. You're killing me <laughs> I'm kind, I, I think I'm asking <laughs> questions that I know that you're going to challenge me on, Marilyn. So. <laughs> oh, my goodness, Keith. Only, only uh, because these are, I, these, are, these are, I'm anticipating that some people are thinking this and may ask these, so I'm asking them for them. That was a nice out, Keith. You did a good job on that. <laughs> well, so. it's my job. Yeah. Um, no, it's it's not a it's not about that. Um, you know, we're talking in such generalities, right? So yeah, there's more women than men. And actually, I've heard of older women who have then uh, gravitated towards homosexual relationships. Well, is that because there's more women than men, or is that because they really, you know, that's the place where they feel the most fulfilled? It's you know, it's hard to say, but. It, 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 we just can't be um, generalized about this. We just can't do that because when two people meet and there's that spark, you can throw out all the data and statistics in the world and it just doesn't apply to them at that time. Um, the other thing is I'm a diehard optimist. And so I believe that people could really find that intimate connection or emotional connection that's going to fulfill them. But it is a two-way street, and it does mean, I think, at first, really knowing who you are and, and what's important to you. 
Um, let's turn to, to Noreen, who um, you, you, Noreen, you deal with folks every day who come to you who are looking um, and and are trying to, who, who I'm, I'm guessing know what they want and know what they don't want. Um, but let's talk about your business. So as a matchmaker, uh, how is it different uh, than say, you know, online dating apps, for example? How, how, how does your, how does your business work? It, well, it's, can I say something else first sure. and then answer that? Okay, yeah. your question about whether, you know, women coming in and saying they don't want to take care of somebody because they've done it their whole lives. I have to say, I hear that every single day. People, women that are over 50, over 60, 70s, whatever, they they do a lot of women that I work with feel that way. So I just wanted to say that I, I, I agree with you. I see that. I hear it a lot. Um, but anyway, how did my service works? It's different than online dating because I meet with every single person. Um, most mostly I meet with people more than once. I, I form relationships with a lot of my clients, which is wonderful. It, it helps me get to know them better and know what they want. Um, and they feel more comfortable getting to know me because then they can tell me, you know, you know, this is, this was a terrible date. What were you thinking? Or this was a great date, or they just want to talk about their dates, um, and their relationships. But, um, I meet with every single person at least once. And, and that's, the biggest difference between, you know, coming in to a matchmaker and, and doing the online stuff. And are, how many, uh, uh, what share of your clients would you say are over 50? The majority of my clients are over 50. Although I'm getting, I've, I've, I'm working with a lot of younger people, you know, in their 30, not really maybe two people in their 20s, but 30s and, and 40s. But there are fewer in that age group than, than in, you know, over 50. And so, and it's uh, it's changing though. What and so what are the what are what are the folks who are in the uh, uh, the older folks call them older but over fifty? What are they looking for? Um, do the in other words, do, how do you counsel them to show how, who they are and put sort of you know profile put their profile out in a way that people will get to know well, them for who they are it, the the way in here like i don't i fill out this little form but it's mostly I, I just get to know each person and then when i'm trying to make a match i try to 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 explain or, or pass along to the other person exactly what mostly what i feel and what i've seen you know in that person you know their kindness and and humor and you know different examples of things they say that are, are really important and touching and, and that matter. Whereas you might not see that in a, in a written, you know, just a, a description online or something else. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's, it's really all about human connection. And, and I make the connections with, with everybody first and then try to try to make that happen with hopefully someone who will be the love of their life. Right. Uh, look, I'm going to bring in uh, Colleen McLean, who's a research associate with the Pew Research Center. Uh, Colleen, are you there? I am. Great to be here. Yeah, thanks for joining us. What kind of uh, numbers are you seeing at Pew in terms of older Americans who are single? I think we reported at the top that about a third of adults over 50 are single. But can you um, give us the, the latest figures? Yeah, absolutely. So our latest survey on this topic shows that exactly what you said. So 
When we look at people who are uh, between the ages of 50 and 64, 29% say they're single, and 65 and up, 33% say they're single. Uh, And um, are there any data that sort of capture how many of those are interested in, uh, how many of those older single adults are interested in dating or, or entering a relationship? Well, one thing that we've uh, looked at in depth is you know, the number of people who are single and looking um, who, you know, for example, are using dating sites and apps, right? So they've, they went recently um, to a dating site or app looking for a match. Um, and one thing we see is that, you know, at the time we did the survey, um, among those who were single and looking, about a quarter of those 50 and up had used a dating site or app in the past year. And so, uh, so I'm going to switch to online dating. Um, do you do you have any numbers that uh, describe uh, how many older adults turn to online dating as opposed to those under 50? Yeah, absolutely. So age differences really stand out in our work. And younger adults are much more likely than older adults to have tried online dating at some point. But I think something really striking in our data is that absolutely some adults 50 and up have turned to dating sites and apps to look for a match. And so when we look at people 50 and older, uh, one in six of them, so 17%, have used a dating site or app at some point. And we can break this down further. So that's about a quarter of people in their 50s who've tried online dating. It's 14% of people in their 60s, and it's 12% of Americans 70 and up. Hmm. Uh, are, are there any other sort of trends based upon what uh, Pew has done, That any other trends that you'd, you'd want to share with respect to dating later in life? Yeah, so we were really able to do a deep dive Uh, in this past survey on people's experiences, what they were looking for. You know, one question we get often is whether online dating works. And of course, that depends on your definition of the word work. Everyone's, you know, dating for different reasons. Um, Everyone is, you know, dating online for different reasons. And we were able to look at this. So, you know, one um, definition of work is, is finding a partner. And our overall study, so of, of all Americans online dating, found that one in 10 partnered Americans met their significant other online. Um, looking at those 50 and older, that number is 6%. And of course, like I just mentioned, there's a lot of different reasons for dating generally. And we were able to talk to people who had been on a dating app recently and ask them a bit about why they were using them. So, you know, related to the example I just gave, about half of recent online daters 50 and up said finding a partner was a major reason they were on the apps recently. And that's actually about the same as for younger daters. It's important to note, though, that you also have daters 50 and up and overall saying they're using dating apps for dating casually, making friends, having casual sex. So there's a mix. And we see that same type of thing when we, we ask people about their experiences. So, again, you know, overall, people report a mix of experiences with online dating, both positive and negative. And that's also true for those 50 and up who've tried it, right? One thing to point out 
is that there's a bit of a gender difference when we're looking specifically at those 50 and up who've tried online dating and among that group. Women are more likely than men to say their experiences have been negative overall. So, for example, 57% of women over 50 who've tried online dating say overall their experiences have been negative, and 43% say about somewhat positive. Hmm. Interesting numbers, uh, Colleen McLean. Thank you very much for joining us. Appreciate it. Absolutely. It was great to be here. Colleen McLean with the Pew Research Center. Uh, Marilyn, I'll go back to you. I know I know how much you love statistics, um, <laughs> but but I'm I'm wondering. So, would you would you say then that like as we as as we break down, for example, these numbers and ages and responses as to uh, as I did at the top about why what people are seeking and why do do you just feel that in general uh, too much attention is paid to this to that sort of these sort of breakdowns of what motivates people and what no. they think what they think about in terms of th themselves dating I think uh, when you're in the research field, and I really prefer qualitative research where you're hearing the stories of people and, and analyzing the outcomes from that as compared to the quantitative. So we just received a bunch of quantitative numbers that you can't even determine what the story might be behind that. It was interesting to me um, that 57% of women found that the online dating and using a dating service uh, created a negative outcome. And geez, there's just, you know, that raises so many quest questions for me. Um, you know, part of it is Doreen's business. She uses a very personal approach with that. You know, was it the, the dating app itself? Um, was it the way the person conveyed who they were? What was it that they were looking for? There's just so many questions about that that I think we we can't rely on the numbers to tell us the true story about what's happening out there. And um, and so I'm I'm reticent to really dive into those numbers. I would definitely agree that maybe the numbers are lower in the older adult category because one, um, we are getting more tech savvy as we age, but two, it's not the culture that we were raised in. And uh, I'm an early baby boomer, you know, but I'm around many, many people from the silent generation and even the GI generation, so 70s, 80s, 90s. And um, it's just not the way things were done when we were raised. And it wasn't the values that we grew up with was to do things via Internet. Yeah. All right. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we want to hear from you. The number to join this conversation is 1-800-399-3566. 1-800-399-3566. This is Maine Calling. We'll be right back. And welcome back. This is Maine Calling. I'm Keith Shortall. And we're learning about what dating is like for older adults and what trends we're seeing in Maine and nationwide. With me, Noreen Rochester, uh, founder of Kara Matchmaking in Portland, and Dr. Marilyn Gallucci with UNE, where she's director of geriatrics and the Older Adult Fitness Wellness Program. Share your comments and questions. What do you want to know about dating in your later years? Email talk at mainpublic.org, comment on Facebook or Instagram, or give us a call. The number 1-800-399-3566. That's one 800 
399-3566. Marilyn, I'm wondering at the risk of generalizing here, but is it is it fair to say that um, that many as many older folks who are uh, screening mates, if you will, searching for love, are looking through a different lens than they were when they were young, and maybe uh, um, maybe that lens was more about the future and about you know raising a family or building a career, building household income. Um, and, and later in life, as you had described, you know, having been through a lot and understanding yourself, um, maybe the lens has shifted in terms of what you're looking for in a companion. Hmm. It's, you were doing great there for a while. <laughs> okay, so I, it's, it's, I, 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 yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I think I'm anticipating some things that our audience might want to know. That's all. As I said, yeah. go ahead. And, go ahead. And actually, I totally appreciate that. Um, and you know, we would fall off the face of the earth if we didn't follow those societal mores of when you're young, you're supposed to get married, have kids, you know, get a good job, live your life. Um, but really, at that time, um, where is how many people at that time, let me say this, are really present in their lives, you know, that you're just so busy trying to create a good income and take care of your families. And I don't care if it's heterosexual, homosexual, doesn't matter, right? Um, bisexual. So um, there's just these mores that are on us to produce and be productive and, and jump through all the right hoops. Well, when we're older, um, I think where I, I clunked in, in your question was, would we not look at our future when we're older too? Um, not just when we're younger. Um, although I think one of the things personally I work on is to really try to be in the present moment. The only, only moment we can really control is what's happening right now. And getting ahead of myself or behind myself is not going to serve me well. And so if I really want to share intimacy and love with someone, I need to be present in that moment to do it. And so if we could get that um, with our partner, that each moment could be just so special. Uh, and younger years, there's so many competing factors. Um, although I will say, you know, there are challenges when you're older as well. But hopefully, uh, older adults are adapting and adjusting and um, and learning what's really important to them at that time and how they want to pursue the rest of their years. Yeah, I want to talk more about intimacy in a moment, but I, I want to take a call. This is Marilyn from Kennebunk. Marilyn, welcome to the program. Thank you very much. Um, I'd like to talk about two people who call themselves teenage octogenarians. Uh, we met on a senior day trip through Kennebunk's um, rec department. Uh, I started a conversation. We ended up eating lunch together. We both liked to travel. We both liked weird foods that other people, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so we've been dating for over a year now, and it's been really nice. Great. Marilyn, congratulations. And so how do you... Um I don't mean to pry, but since you called, I'm wondering what is it that you that you get from um, a relationship like this that 
that you value? Well, as some of my fellow card players say, it's companionship. We don't want, I don't want to live alone. Um, I had been widowed longer than he, and he was lonely, and he was looking. I, I was not looking. So it all, it just happened. We get along. We knew right away we would never live together because we, you know those daily routines and habits you get into? They're not the same. But we, we go up to Merrill Auditorium. We have traveled together. It's just nice to have someone else to do things with. And many people want companionship. The sexual part, that's another whole issue. But people don't like to be alone, especially after their spouses die and they've gone through the grieving process. Yeah, yeah. When, you say, when you say the sexual part is another issue, could you, would you mind clarifying what? Well, it's, it's what the couple wants. Do you want yeah. to have a sexual relationship or don't you? And when you're in your 80s, I don't think it's the, uh, it's the top of the list. Mm, okay. We, Marilyn, it, it, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. If it evolves, it evolves. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for calling in. We're happy for you and appreciate you uh, sharing your personal story. So thanks very much. Good topic. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> um, nor, uh, Marilyn, did you want to comment? Oh, I, I loved I loved that call. Um, and Keith, I would imagine at some point we might get into those different levels of intimacy. So uh, I'll, I'll leave it at that. But uh, Marilyn just did a wonderful job, and, and I would love to meet her. Yeah. I, I, as I said, we will get to intimacy, but I also wanted to ask um, Noreen if you had any, any thoughts about the call. Yeah, I do. Um, I, it, it, you know, people that I work with, I'm like I'm reading a card right now that I got from a client the other day. He's in his 70s, and he's, I matched him, and he's – their relationship, they've been together for a while. Their relationship is so similar, I think, to what it, you know, what the relationships are with younger people. Um, there is, you know, I, the woman told me they're having a great sex life. They're, they're so in love. She said that this was her love story that she finally found. He said, you know, she, he finally found his, his soulmate um, in this woman. And it's, it's just, you know, it's wonderful. It's, and I'm glad that Marilyn, the woman that called in, that she found love or companionship. Um, and I know a lot of, most of the people that I work with are looking for, they want the, the fireworks and, and passion and all of those things in addition to companionship. Um, but I, I, have, I haven't seen very many people come in that tell me I'm, I'm just looking for, for a companion. They want the whole thing. They want it all. So, yeah. but I'm, I'm thrilled to hear that people are, you know, that she met someone organically, you know, out on a, a bus trip or, or, you know, a group trip or something. Um, yeah. I think that's wonderful. Right. Let's go to, um, I'll bring in another call now, Margaret from Lewiston. Hi, Margaret. You're on the air. Go ahead. Hi. Hi. Thank you for taking my call. I just wanted to call in to um, just tell a bit of my story and my partner's story. We were married to other people for 50 years and after we both lost our spouses which uh happened uh we you know went out a couple of times and then decided that um we would you know date uh and uh it's been did i tell you that we were you know 79 years old 
and um, it, it's just fabulous. And I got, definitely got the whole package, you know, the the, uh, the the fun part and the the caring part and the passion part. And um, I just I'm just amazed that I knew this man for a long time. Uh, but but then, uh, you know, all of this happens. Yeah. And so you're uh, you you wanted more than just companionship, as as it was just said, you wanted everything, right? No, no, I just got everything. You know, um, I, I just took care of my husband for quite many years because he had uh, he had Parkinson's and dementia as well, and uh, so I just was kind of enjoying my 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 freedom and and not having to uh, really care, uh, do a lot of work, and and so this was just something that I wasn't thinking about uh, until it happened. But once it happened, it was like it was like. Um, really, I hit the jackpot. All right, Margaret, thank you so much. Appreciate your call. Um, so, so let's let's. Um, I'm going to bring in one more call, and then we can and then we can reflect upon um, some of what our callers have said. Richard is calling from Sebago Lake. Richard, hi. Go ahead. Hello, Keith. Uh, great show and uh, appropriate to me. Uh, I'm 72, and I've been widowed a little over five years. Um, I had kind of reached the conclusion that I might or might not ever have a, a serious relationship with a female, and and I, I really wasn't expecting anything to happen. And I think that was important for me uh, because so so often expectations can be dashed and and leave somebody resentful. Um, I just left myself open that there was a possibility. I ended up uh, running into a woman who I had dated briefly 45 years ago. And and we'd been chatting for about a year and finally went out for breakfast one day. And and that was about three months ago. And we've been like high school sweethearts ever since. It's it's been amazing. Uh, Richard, uh, uh, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. We're, We're happy for you. We appreciate you sharing uh, sharing your story. In fact, you can hang on. I don't know if if either of my guests have any questions for you, uh, Marilyn. Is there anything? I I, I want to uh, applaud Richard for really just staying with himself, as it were, not not creating those expectations. Because I think uh, you really touched on that when you have those expectations, you actually are limiting yourself. Uh, you can't really f- be broad in your thinking and be open to what could come your way because you've just locked yourself in. So, Richard, your wisdom in your 72 years has flourished. I agree. I think it's wonderful. One thing I would like to add, am I still on? Yes, go ahead. Yeah. Um, you would uh, kind of... Uh, touched the part about sexual relationships in in this period. And I had not had any sexual relationships for over a decade and, and wasn't really, it wasn't what I was looking for. As, as I said, no expectations, companionship, a friend was, was really all that I wanted, but um, you know, we, we discovered, we talked, we both were looking for something more than just friendship. And um, fortunately, uh, my friend is very patient 
Um, I didn't know if if anything would even work anymore, if you know what I mean. And uh, she patiently encouraged me, and, and uh, you know, we, uh, hugs led to cuddles, and, and one thing led to another. And now we're very happy in bed as well. Uh, Richard, th- thank you so much for uh, your your honest sharing of your of that uh, personal story because it's I think it's important, uh, uh, Marilyn, isn't it? To the extent that I, this is maybe a good time to get to this topic we were talking about, which was intimacy and the role that it plays in, in throughout our lives, but in this particular case, in um, in in relationships later in life. Yeah. Can you? Um... Yeah, Keith, and I I don't mean to sound uh, academic at all about this, but I think it's important to really bring up three different terms. One is sex, one is physical intimacy, and the other one is emotional intimacy. And and for sex, it's going to be mutual voluntary activity. It involves sexual contact, whether or not intercourse or orgasm occurs. And I'm even going to stretch that into masturbation, self-masturbation or mutual masturbation. So um, so sex is more that, okay? But then when you get into physical intimacy and emotional intimacy, those seem to be more prevalent in the later years. Again, we hope that that, that need for performance, for sexual performance, um, comes down a little bit, gets... gets uh, tempered a bit, although uh, many people, if you're going to be very sexual when you're younger, there wouldn't be any reason why you wouldn't be that sexual when you're older. But for physical intimacy, it's more of a sensual proximity or a touching, uh, an expression of feeling. So it could be as simple as uh, holding hands and hugging, um, that cuddling that Richard talked about, but then it could move into sexual activity. Emotional intimacy is going to be very different, and that's going to be very interpersonal. Um, It's going to be a varying degree of how much emotion and how much they express their feelings verbally or non-verbally. So um, sitting next to someone on a couch could just be the greatest feeling uh, you could ever have, which is a, a physical intimacy, but also stirs that emotion that just creates that connectedness. So I think it's important to really be familiar with those terms and to know that physical and emotional intimacy are very, very fulfilling for people in their later years. All right, we're gonna take another quick break. When we come back, we wanna hear from you, more from you, 1-800-399-3566. That's 1-800-399-3566. This is Main Calling, we'll be right back. And welcome back. I'm Keith Shortall. You're listening to Maine Calling. How is dating as an older adult different, if at all, than it is for younger people? What does it take to have a successful relationship? Joining me, Dr. Marilyn Gallucci with the University of New England and Noreen Rochester with Kara Matchmaking. Join the conversation. The number is 1-800-399-3566. Send a brief email to talk at mainpublic.org or post to our Facebook page or to Instagram. Again, the number 1-800-399-3566. Paula on Facebook writes, I'm going to be 68 this month. My boyfriend is in his 50s. The old checkoff list for dating and marrying when I was younger was complicated. Not so now. The stress is gone. It's about quality, not quantity of time Mm. together. Nice. 
Um, I did want to, maybe this is a good uh, point to get into age relativity. And Marilyn, I'm, I'll let you lay waste to our, uh, our traditional thinkings about this in a moment. But I wanted to ask, um, I wanted to uh, ask Noreen if in the course of um, running your dating, uh, your matchmaking service, excuse me, do, do people have age expectations? In other words, will you have men coming in saying, I, I only want to date, you know, I'm 65, but I only want to date women who are 40 to 55 or something. Um, yes. And what, what do you it, tell them? <laughs> well, it depends. You know, when people, when people say that if I feel like 10 years is usually a pretty, pretty reasonable, you know, hope or, but, but if it's more than that, I, I have, it's challenging on my end because the people that I'm working with typically don't want to go more than 10 years. But if somebody comes in and they're, you know, they're 75 years old and, and, and if it's a man and he wants to meet somebody who's in their fifties, it's, I typically will just say, look, that I'll try, but I don't think it's going to work. I don't, I don't think that I'm going to be able to find the right person, you know, willing to date that much older. And the reason what people tell me, and I know it doesn't apply across the board, but what people will tell me is that, look, you know, I'm 55. I don't want to date 70, somebody 75 or 78 because, you know, their life expectancy isn't, you know, they, they don't want the person to die, fall in love and then have them pass away or get sick. They don't want to take care of somebody most times. Um, but also I'm finding a lot of women come in and they want to date younger. And, you know, and that's, that's also a challenge. And I, you know, sometimes it happens, but it's, it's not the norm in here. Um, I try to, you know, accommodate people as much as possible, but it's just not, it's, it's tough because it's, it's just easier. People tell me, I had somebody, I asked this question yesterday to one of my clients and he's 68 years old. And he said, he doesn't want to date anybody under like 65. He wants somebody in his, you know, in his age group, in his age range, because, you know, he says there's more to talk about. There's more in common. You can talk about music and life experiences. And it's just, he feels it's better. Most, and, and, and oftentimes it is, it does, it does work out um, better, but I know that's not always the case. Um, but that's in here. I just, I typically, you know, try not to match anybody with more than a 10 year age gap. Hmm. Marilyn, where does this, um, where do these guidelines, I know they're, they're cultural, and, um, but where do they, where do they really come from, these sort of expectations and requirements and wishes about age relativity? And, and what, how do you think that we should change that as we um, seek to meet people of different backgrounds and ages? Wow. Big question, Keith. Um, so uh, definitely in our society, we are ageist through and through. Um, and not only are we ageist uh, about older adults, we're also ageist about younger adults. So um, every, you know, <laughs> everybody can get hit by ageism. Uh, the part that I'm concerned about most are the people at any age who have self-talk that is ageist. I'm too old to date, or uh, people don't take me seriously in my work because I'm too young, or those are self-ageist kinds of comments. Um, what I think would, and what I feel actually, would help our society a whole lot 
would be if we could really focus on the essence of another person. So for Noreen, her job is really challenging in that people are giving um, confines in terms of age without any regard for who the person is in their their personality, their essence, their likes, their dislikes, to um, meet, as some of our callers have, um, by chance and found out that they connect. So um, going through a, a, a matching service, we're missing that heart connection at that level until you actually do meet with somebody and see if there's some sparks there or companionship. Yeah, it was interesting. I'll, I'll let you respond to Reen in a second. It was interesting in hearing from the callers. I think most all of them said, I wasn't looking. I had no expectations. I, you know, it just happened. I, they, uh, it arrived. And there is the old adage of, you know, love will find you once you stop looking for it. But is, 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 is Marilyn, is that just another way of saying you're, you're in a state of being open to someone truly instead of when you're searching another your brain is operating a bunch of other mechanisms that might interfere with achieving real intimacy i i i think that's part of it keith but even in the numbers that we got from the pew foundation of people who are going to matchmaking and dating apps um, they're open, right? And so that is just another vehicle for a way to meet people. So I, I'm certainly going to support that. I think that's really important to find the avenues that work for you. The critical piece is to actually get together, you know, to get with the person and to really find out, is this somebody that really speaks to my heart? And is there some kind of uh, emotional connection that we can pursue this and find out where it goes. I can I say something? Yeah, go ahead, Noreen. Okay, I totally agree with that. That's it's meeting someone. I try to push people all the time to meet someone that they might not want to meet because I just believe and know in my heart that if they did, they that chemistry they they'd feel that chemistry or that spark or there'd be something to draw them to that person. So I think the 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 meeting in person is absolutely the best best thing that can happen. So I try to, if I if I have a match that I want to make, and I have matches that I want to make every single minute of every single day, but um, I and if the people won't won't agree to it, they you know both people will say no. I'm just I'm not feeling it. I don't think so. And I think how can you feel it yet? You're not. You need to meet. So I'll, usually I'll plan an event. I'll do something, whether it's a, a small dinner party or speed dating or learn to surf, any kind of event to get those two people in the same room together. And and then, you know, then oftentimes sparks fly and, and then that's it. You know, when they wouldn't have met otherwise because they don't want to. And then, you know, the next thing you know, they're they're on their way to falling in love. So and and the, Keith, yeah, remember but, that beauty is only skin deep, right? And that people, you know, when we're younger, we, we really look for those beautiful traits of, you know, features, those physical features. And as we get older, I, we can look beyond that. We can see beauty in things. You can't argue taste, right? Um, you know, we can find somebody to be just so beautiful where somebody is like, wow, you know, there's that person has terrible looks, you know, physical features. But 
again, it's that essence of who they are that's coming through. And and how can you tell somebody that that the person that they love is is not beautiful physically, and and that person to them would be just so beautiful? That is the options I think that we allow ourselves to explore when we're older that we don't necessarily allow when we're younger. We see too much societal expectation on what a couple looks like. We see it with actors and and celebrities all the time. So if um, if if apps or dating services were used, for example, primarily just to meet people to be friends, in other words, you, you open up your social circle and you you met, you know, 20 people. If you're open, you may you may you may meet someone one that you fall in love with, as opposed to the sort of idea. I'm just I'm I'm forming a question here. But if you go into a dating service saying I'm I need to find a partner, um, that's going to be a very different than just have than expanding your social circle and then maybe meeting someone, having it happen to you. Is that fair, Noreen? Yes. Although everyone that comes in to see me wants to find their partner, they are actively looking and coming in here is a big step. And it's, it's, I know it's stressful and everybody's vulnerable and they, every single person that I meet with wants to find their, their life partner um, or a, you know, hopefully it's their life partner. So it's a little different. They're not looking for friends. And I hear that all the time. They'll say, look, you know, cause sometimes people will meet, they'll date a little bit. And then one person might say, you know, gee, I, this isn't really for me, but I'd like to be friends. And then I'll get the call saying, I don't, I'm not looking for any more friends. You know, I want, I want to find, I want a relationship. So, um, did that, I don't even know. Now I don't know what your question was. Well, cause it Sorry. was a bad, it was a poorly phrased question. I guess <laughs> no, the, it I, wasn't, <laughs> I guess it was, it was more of an observation, I guess. Um, the idea being that is, isn't it, it, it is it going to be harder if you're just, if you've got your, laser beams set on finding a partner as opposed oh. to maybe meeting meeting lots of people and then finding love in that group yeah that that happens that's the, that's really how it things happen in here most of the time people uh, sometimes you know i can make a match and i'll know right off the bat the minute the person will walk into the, the room and and i'll be sitting here thinking oh my gosh i know who your match is and and it happens but most times it's really a it's a process of meeting several people um sometimes it could take a long time to meet the, the the right one it you know it usually takes a little while but um but yeah it's if your expectations are too high it, you know in terms of you know it, the checklist you know because online yeah. there's a big checklist and i'm i support people staying online to date i know good things happen there um but there are too many things too many boxes that people want checked sometimes. And I think if you let that go and you come in and you just open your heart and open your mind and, you know, just that's when you're going to find love. And, you know, and you might make some friendships, you know, along the way, but usually the people that I work with aren't, aren't looking for friendships. They happen, but that's not the goal. Uh, Marilyn, someone's listening to this program and, Maybe they're having some of the negative self-talk that you, 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 you brought up earlier in the program. What's your, I guess, advice that they can keep in their back pocket and pull out when they need it in terms of maybe wanting to find romantic companionship? 
Yeah. Um, Keith, I, I totally believe in the power of the mind. And so uh, the first step is being conscious of your self-talk. And if your self-talk is negative, um, it's, you're going to create that self-fulfilling prophecy, right? You're going to find all the closed doors. Uh, for me, one of my mantras, and I probably say it 500 times a day, is I believe in miracles. I believe in miracles. And every day I find miracles. It's just getting your mind to focus on the possibilities rather than those things that just um, will limit you, you know? And so um, having a positive mantra, something that you're stating in the here and now. So not like I will find a miracle. It is I believe in miracles. You know, I see miracles every day. I love the life I live. Um, those kinds of mantras, you just keep saying them over and over and over again, at least 500 times a day to start. And then when it's your first response, when something happens, you know, you're, you're hit with a challenge and your mantra comes up, you're golden. And just stay on that path because doors will open. Yeah. Noreen, any final thoughts here as we close the conversation? No, I agree with everything Marilyn just said. I think being, you know, positive and, and positive self-talk is, is important. And just, you know, believe that it's going to happen. Believe wonderful things are coming, coming your way. And just, I can't stress enough to approach dating and relationships with an open heart. And that's, that's the best advice I could ever give anybody. Um, Keith, one other quick thing. Yeah. to live your life you're an adult you may have adult children um, but live your own life make your own choices don't let your children make the choices for you and with that we're out of time thank you both so much for joining us uh, interesting hour of conversation we could continue but unfortunately we can't uh, dr marilyn gallucci with the university of new england and noreen rochester with cara matchmaking and uh, today's sound engineer, excuse me, was Jane Donahue. Main Calling is produced by Jonathan Smith and Cindy Hahn. You can visit maincalling.org for our audio archive and to subscribe to Main Calling's weekly newsletter. Tomorrow on the show, our topic is cultural appropriation. I'm Keith Shortall. You've been listening to Main Calling on Maine Public Radio.